the rope. Someone say the rope. The rope. The rope. The rope. Thank you, Landon. Appreciate you, bro. Um, man, I am excited to be here with you today. Uh, thank y'all for braving the ice and the snow. I stepped out and was like, whoa. And then Warren's out there, four-year-old, just like, yeah. He's like ice skating around. He's enjoying it. I'm like, bro, if you break your wrist on, on a church Sunday, so help me learn. Okay? So help me. Oh, boy. We don't have time for that, Warren. we got to get to practice, okay? So anyways, uh, the rope, the rope. And, and, and thank you guys for being here. It is an honor to, to worship with you and talk with you today. This series is all based on the greatest sermon ever given to us, the greatest sermon ever given to us by Jesus, okay? So he is in, uh, he's in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. This is called the Sermon on the Mount. If you have notes, I would encourage you, take notes. We love reading the Bible here, and, and so uh, get your Bibles out so you can follow along with us. Take notes, because I know I even forget what I preach, okay? So I got to take notes. Literally, Judd's like, bro, you want me to print this out for you and give it to you after service? Yes. Yes, Judd, I need my notes. So, uh, the greatest sermon ever given to us, Matthew 5 and 6, this is called the Sermon on the Mount. And it has these three beautiful challenges for you and for me and for all the disciples and for all the believers. Three challenges that come with a great reward. Someone say reward. Reward. Three challenges that come with a reward. I love seeing that word, and when that word appears in the text, I pay attention. I pay attention to it. Okay, God is promising something to us for what is previously said or what we can do. And he is promising a great reward, and I want to take note of it. There's three things, and, and this is just in Matthew chapter 6. You'll find this, but he gives us three things, and here's where the rope comes in. When you give, look to your neighbor, say, when you give. Look to your other neighbor, say, when you pray, and tell yourself when you fast. Lisa, I said tell yourself, not your partner there, okay? Tell yourself when you fast. Listen. She's not a rule follower. <laughs> uh, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast. These are all found within Matthew 6. These three topics, as Judd kind of mentioned just before this, they can be a little bit uncomfortable, yet they are crucial to our walk of faith. These three topics within Matthew 6 are followed with a promise of a great reward. Promise of a great reward. Three topics, prayer, fasting, and giving. I love what it says in Ecclesiastes, and this is about standing together side by side with other believers, but this statement is very true. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And so does anyone want an unbreakable faith journey today? Anyone want to be able to withstand everything that is thrown at you by the enemy? Yes? Yes. If you want to stand strong, we have to understand that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And here in this sermon are three topics that are promised for a great reward. And so the bottom line for this series, the overarching theme is when giving, praying, and fasting, when they are practiced together, our faith journey is not easily broken. When we give and when we pray and when we fast, all throughout our weeks, throughout our days, something powerful begins to happen in our life. I think for too long, and I'm, I, I've fallen into this, that I feel like faith life in the past was just kind of like attend church and listen to a word and, you know, maybe check a Bible app like whenever it comes up on the screen and read it once a day maybe and 
you know, if someone comes up to me and says, ah, oh, have you been praying? I'll be like, yeah. But usually my prayer is like, God, I love this Chick-fil-A. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, that's usually what it comes down to. No, no, no. But, but there's, there is more to your faith life. Amen, church. Amen. There is more. There is more. There is so much more. We're called to give. We're called to pray. And, and, and again, I love, we, we talked about it last week. If you, have, if you have time, go on Facebook Live and, and or Spotify, wherever you get podcasts at, and you can check out last week's sermon to, to understand more about this week. But when we pray and, it, and it's extravagant and it's real and it's raw and authentic, man, stuff starts to shake and move. Pray, fasting, and giving. Fasting. We're going to be talking about fasting today, but I, I just want to give you a reminder. Last week we said Jesus gave his life so that you can meet with him face to face. That's what prayer is all about. It's not some formulaic robotic thing. You're far away. You're distant from him. Even though sometimes I don't feel like God would want to be close to me, he desires intimacy with you and me. Amen. Yeah. And so we can be intimate and we can be close and we can have that conversation with him. That's why Jesus came. And so today, we're going to be talking about fasting. I shared this earlier in worship. Matthew 5, 6, if you've got your Bibles, taking notes. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who are hungry for God. Blessed are those who desire Him above all else. Blessed are those who are desperate for their Savior. Can I get an amen? Amen. Blessed are you who are desperate and hungry and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Let's talk to first world country stuff. We have access and the ability to fill our life with whatever we want. Is that true? There's people in other countries who have to walk miles to get water. We just turn on a thing. We have an overabundance of food and necessity we have power electricity we can search information in 0.2 seconds and even then that is not quick enough to fulfill our need and so we have everything that we need and so it's hard for me enough if you're anything like me because we have everything we need I wonder if we truly hunger and thirst I wonder if we truly hunger and thirst we have it easy Yes, it's difficult. If you got a roof over your head, water in the sink, food in the fridge, you're all right. And so, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is the bottom line for today in regards to fasting. Jesus was, is, and always will be the only source that we need. He is the only thing that we need, church. He is the only thing that we need. And, and, and we need to practice that. And the whole point of fasting, and, and we're going to kind of just jump right into it. The whole point of fasting is to practice and, 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 and dare I say, starve my humanness so that my spirit needs. So that the spiritual hunger and the spiritual thirst starts taking lead and understands that it is full. I... Uh, I'm going to give you this definition. If you haven't fasted before, here's what fasting really is. Fasting is refraining from worldly needs for a spiritual purpose. Refraining from worldly needs for a spiritual purpose. Refraining from worldly needs for a spiritual purpose. It can look like a lot of things. And I would encourage you that fasting mostly has to deal with food. I will tell you that. 
But there are plenty of other things that you can fast as well. And Emmy and I were talking this week and we were praying about this because I will certainly, I will try to, and I'm imperfect, but I will certainly never preach to you a message that I'm not going to walk with you in. So I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, go fast, and then not do it. I've got to tell you the truth. <laughs> Emmy and I, we made a Valentine's cake, and I was writing this message while eating some Valentine's cake, all right? I was. It was delicious. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you something. And so Emmy and I are taking it serious. Hey, we're going to do uh, our, our Mondays are going to be no technology Mondays other than text messages or phone call if someone needs us. That's it. Our home is not going to be uh, watching TV. We're not going to be going on computers. We are going to relax and focus and center on him. Not because we want to get TV or technology out of our life, but that noise becomes very loud and distracts us from hearing him clearly. And I want to remind myself what it's truly hunger, hungry for and what it's truly thirsty for. So you can keep us accountable on Mondays. We're going to be fast in technology. And then on Tuesday, Tuesday dinner to Wednesday dinner, we will be fasting food. And we want to make a regular pattern of this because we are finding revelation in the word of God that when we give and when we pray and when we fast, we become unbreakable. Amen, church. Amen. I'm telling you this so you can help me be accountable. So when I come to core circles on Tuesday and you see me putting in a mint, you'd be like, hey, you're fasting. And hold me accountable. Fasting is refraining from worldly needs for a spiritual purpose. Refraining from worldly needs for a spiritual purpose. I fasted one time for uh, 21 days. I was a young youth student. And uh, the youth pastor at the time was like, hey, let's all do a fast. And I was really excited. But it was really difficult. Because here I am, you know, 16-year-old grown boy. I've, been, listen, I've always been a little big, okay? I've always been a little big. Can't get rid of this double chin, all right? And uh, I've always loved food, and, and so this was a challenge for me. And so we started fasting, liquids only. You know what I put in? I would make banana and Reese's peanut butter cup smoothies. Oh, no, I'm drinking it. No, no, I'm not cheating. Banana and Reese's peanut butter cups. Fasting. Fasting is so important. Fasting is so important. I'm not doing that this time. It's refraining from worldly needs. And, and my heart was, believe me, God, God understood my heart. I was 16. I didn't have it all together. But it is a practice of refraining from worldly needs to remind you that we are truly thirsty and hungry for something greater. So how do you remind yourself that you need him? That's, that's the question for today. And I kind of already said that. In a world where we have everything we need, and I know sometimes finances can be tight. I know things can, things can be difficult. I, I, I know, but, but we have... In this culture and in our society, we pretty much have everything we need. And so how do you remind yourself that you need him? And what a beautiful thing it is to remind yourself that you need him. Nick Miller can quickly forget that I need my Savior. Nick Miller can quickly play the role of guide and God in his own life. And I need to remind myself who I'm truly hungry and thirsty for. So today we're going to be going to Matthew 4. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and get your Bibles out. I love seeing Bibles in church. You get, get your version app. You can do all that type of stuff. Matthew chapter 4. We're going to be zoning in on a scripture, a portion of scripture, where even Christ himself found breakthrough in a season of fasting. Even our Savior regularly practiced and went through seasons of fasting 
And so we're going to be talking about the time in which he was tempted in the wilderness. Like I said, if you got your Bibles, will you turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start with this. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Hold on. Disclosure here. Sometimes the Spirit of God will lead you into dry seasons. Amen, church. And he always has a purpose and always has a reason for it. Sometimes, this, and, and, and here's what we like to view of Christianity, we like to think that God and, and the Spirit of God are always going to take us into beautiful sunshine and rainbow places. No, actually the Spirit of God, if he has something to show you and work in you, he will take you to a wilderness place. Amen, church. And so I'm excited for that, even though that's weird. I'm excited for the wilderness places because look at how God shows up and moves in the life of his son. So Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Spirit didn't tempt. He led him there to be tempted. After fasting, someone say fasting. Here's the breakthrough that I never caught in this story. I have read this story hundreds of times. I've even preached on it dozens of times. I, 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 and yet I never picked up on this one crucial word that Jesus was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry. This changes the whole, the whole context of everything that's happening to me and that he's not just journeying, but yet he is hungry and thirsty for righteousness. And he is starving himself. He is refraining from worldly needs for a spiritual purpose. So after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was, he was hungry. In the context of this day, fasting was a very, very regular thing, church. Fasting was an intentional habit for Christ. This was something that was done weekly. Maybe even twice a week, people would fast entire days. This was not abnormal. And so I, I'm excited to preach this topic because I think that this is very foreign to us. Fasting, refraining from what we need. Refraining from what we think we can fill our lives with. We Americans, first world problems, we are not good at this. And this is not a part of our nature. Am I, am I speaking to us right now? This is not a part of our nature. Maybe some of you are here today saying, I don't really know anything about this topic, and I've never even considered this. Fasting was an intentional habit for Christ, and it was an intentional way of life for the early believers, and I think we need to start modeling that. Amen? Amen. Blessed are those, blessed are those who are hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Yeah. For they will be filled. I love that. It goes on. Then the devil took him to the holy city. So Jesus is, is talking with the devil, um, and, and, and he took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Wait, we're missing some stuff here. I'm sorry. Look at this. It says, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I don't think we have this point in here, but I want to tell you this today, that when you fast, you understand that you are full. When you fast, you actually find the source in which you are full. And then I was going to share, blessed are those who are hungry for righteousness, for they will be filled. Yeah. When you fast, you realize in a supernatural way that you are full. When you give of yourself, when you refrain from what you need, you actually find that you are closer to the Savior, and the Savior is your source. And so he says, hey, turn this, turn this bread 
or, or turn this rock, this stone into some bread so you can eat. And Jesus understands in the midst of his fast that I am full. Someone say, I am full. I am full. I don't like to not be full. And yet here he is fasting for 40 days, and he is able to say, I am full. Hmm. Goes on, then the devil took him to the holy city. So it presses on in the story, and this is uh, verse 5 if you're following in your Bible. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And, and again, keep in mind, church, this is while Jesus is fasting in the wilderness. Highest point in the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written... Let me challenge you guys. This is the year of being obsessed with God's word, right? I want you to know that the enemy has a very clear doctrine about this word that we're reading. And I will say this. He might know it better than us. So if you want to stand against the enemy, we got to get in the word and we got to know what it says about you and me. So here the enemy starts quoting scripture at Jesus just like the enemy might start quoting scripture at you. Twisting your mind a little bit giving some poor context and misunderstanding. The devil took him and said, if you're the son of God, he said, throw you down. Throw yourself down for he, it is written, he will, command, uh, the, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him. Notice that he didn't answer the word with an idea or a theology. He answered the word with the word, church. He answered him, it is also written, do not put your Lord God to the test. How are you going to stand against the enemy? You fight a twisting of the word with the true word. And so here's the beautiful thing about fasting that I, I realized about this story while Jesus was fasting in the wilderness. When you and I, when we fast, we can see the word clearly. Stuff that was confusing, doctrines that might not make sense, things that we don't understand, all of a sudden revelations start jumping through the page and we have a deeper understanding of who God is and what he says about you and me and what his word says to his children. When we fast, we can see the word clearly. This was crazy and I, and I, I, I found this this week and I never tied it together. But did you know, did you know that Moses was given the actual word of God when he was fasting? When I say that you can see the word of God clearly, literally while Moses was fasting for 40 days, God said, here are the 10 commandments right here. He gave him the physical word. Look at this, Exodus chapter 34. Moses was there uh, with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. How amazing is that? What a hero. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the 10 commandments. I believe that when we fast, literally God is going to give you the word. God is going to hand you things from his word and put it into your heart and show you some fresh revelation. And you're going to see the word of God clearly. Does anyone want that in this place? He will give you the word. Look at what he did for Moses. How powerful is that? He will give you his word. He will give you fresh revelation. You will see the word clearly so when the enemy comes, you will be able to combat it. Fasting is such a vital thing in our life. When we fast, we can see the word of God clearly. The story goes on. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you bow down and you worship me. The enemy 
literally wants Satan, or literally wants Jesus to worship him. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. There was a temptation to depart from his course. There was a temptation to give up all the plans that God had for Christ's life. Christ, who in the beginning of time shaped this world and said, hey, we're going to go and save our creation. The enemy wanted Christ to throw all of that away and worship him. Yet Jesus stayed strong and he stayed on the course. And I got to tell you this, when you fast, you stay true to God's course for your life. That whatever temptation, whatever thoughts you may have about going to the left or to the right, we can see God's course for our life very clearly and stay true to it. If you do not know where you're going or in a season where decisions are tough and it is hard to navigate, I will encourage you, you have to fast. Fasting needs to be a part of our life in those types of moments. In fact, whenever we were praying about starting church, we fasted. Is this something that you really want? Because I don't take this, and my wife, we don't take this decision lightly at all. No. We do not want to do this in Nick Miller's strength and Emily Miller's strength. No, we want to make sure that this is the course that you want. And so we would fast and we would pray. And so when we fast, I believe that we stay true to God's course. Actually, look at Acts chapter 13 if you're taking notes. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, this is the early church talking about Paul and Barnabas and the direction that they are going to go and lead ministry. They were fasting, church. They were worshiping the Lord and they were fasting and the Holy Spirit gave them direction for the course. If you don't know which way to go, left or to the right, I believe that we need to include fasting for direction in our life. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Not the work in which they think is appropriate for themselves. Not the work that they dreamed for their life. No, for the course that I have for them. Set them apart. If you need some fresh direction, perhaps we need to refrain from worldly needs for a spiritual purpose. The story ends with this. The devil left him. And angels came and attended him. And the last thing I'll I'll say during fasting, and and this is something that I think is really fresh for for you and me, but when we fast, heaven surrounds us. When we fast, we find that heaven invades supernaturally. You can put this up here. When we fast, we find that heaven surrounds us and invades our life. Supernatural things just start to happen. I love that it says angels came and attended him. Can you imagine the picture of him being in the wilderness and and lost, kind of alone, walking around, discovering and and, and praying and fasting, and, and all of a sudden these angels from heaven surround him and start lifting him up, aiding him and giving him everything that he needs. What a beautiful picture. I want that. I want that feeling. I want that feeling because I'll tell you what, sometimes I feel like I'm in a wilderness season, and I don't, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes it doesn't feel like heaven's always there. And so we gotta make we got to make fasting a part of our life. Look at what happens when we fast and we rely on him. Heaven shows up and attends to you and to me. That's what happens. So there's a lot of beautiful things that go on when we're fasting. We find our fill. We find a revelation of the word of God. We find direction and we see heaven invade earth. That's what happens when we fast. 
And for so many of us in Western church culture and in first world countries, man, fasting is not a part of our language nor our habits. And so can we as a church start doing more of that? I was, I was laying in bed last night and I was praying and uh, it's really intimidating uh, to go and, and challenge the church to do something. And I'm praying about the time of when, but I do want to do a 21-day fast with us as a church. Because I don't believe that fasting is just meant to be done individually, but when it's done corporately, something begins to shift in the culture here. And something begins to shift amongst the believers and God starts moving. This is part of the rope church, fasting, an unbreakable life. And so we jump back into the sermon in Matthew chapter 6, just two chapters later. Matthew chapter 6, it starts talking about fasting. But when you fast... So here's the direction for you and for me. We see that when Jesus fasts, there's, he is full. There's fresh revelation on his word. The power of God shows up all around him, and he's given direction. And so here is how we are to fast. Here is some direction to you and me in our day-to-day life what fasting should look like. When you fast, and this was such a huge thing for me. And again, I remember being 16 and doing this and being like, oh, I'm hungry. Notice that Jesus in that portion of scripture never complained. He never said, oh, he probably felt it for sure. He was man just as we were and we are. When you fast, do not look somber as hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others their fasting. Fasting can become a very prideful thing. These practices that we're talking about, if you go through Matthew chapter 6, a lot, of, a lot of Matthew chapter 6 is about doing these giving, praying, and fasting in private. Why? Because these holy things, these things that are heavenly, we can make all about us and miss the whole point. And so we can walk around in legalistic church saying, I'm fasting, I'm holy, I'm tired, look at how great I am, and you are totally missing the point of fasting because it's not about me. We can get up here with prayer, and we can be so elaborate and so impressive and so wonderful and, and moving, but it's not about me. And we'll find out next week we can give, and we can flex our giving muscles Oh, look at this. Yes, loud and proud. Put it in the bucket. Yeah. It's actually not about me. And so fasting, I love what what Jesus is saying here. Do not, this is a private spiritual thing. Don't disfigure yourself. Don't be downtrodden. Don't be exhausted. Because this is a private thing. It's not a prideful thing. Disfigure their faces to show other they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. Someone say reward. In full, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. Okay, this is very interesting. To be honest, and I've been praying about this in church stuff, I believe that we need to use oil in church more. This is like a really, like, I'm just talking to you as like, Pastor, what's going through my heart recently? And uh, we're going to dive into that in a later time. But I just believe that we need to start anointing ourselves and anointing our homes and anointing our church. We'll jump into that a little bit later. Um, when you fast, okay, put oil on your head, wash your face, keeps going. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. What is this for again? We are are refraining from worldly needs for a spiritual purpose. We're not refraining from worldly needs to flex in front of our community. No, we are refraining from worldly needs to be hungry for our Father who is unseen. 
And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Someone say, he'll reward you. He will reward you. The rope. This is the second thing, fasting. That I believe that if we begin to do as a community, prayer and fasting, and and again, next week we're talking about giving. As we do these three things, we're going to see amazing rewards. Rewards in a different way than you think. But we're going to see an amazing reward and blessing over our life. Fasting is a private and refreshing act of worship. That's what we gather from from, uh, Matthew chapter 6. It is a private and refreshing act of worship. It is an act of worship. And, and, And the thing is, is that we come here to church and we can listen to a message and we, we engage with worship and we sing songs. Fasting is also a form of worship. Giving and praying, they are a form of worship. And so many of us believers are missing out on a portion or a way to worship our God. So we need to fast. For it is a private and refreshing act of worship. I love this. We can put this up here. I believe this is Romans 12. Romans 12 puts it like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. To refrain, to offer your bodies, to say it is yours. How do you tell God that your body is his? You refrain from worldly needs and give up control of your physical self. As an act of worship. As your body sacrificing, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I love that it keeps on going on. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember we said that God gives clarity, vision. He gives us a fresh revelation of his word. This is what happens when we fast. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. God's direction, God's course is for you. Perfect, pleasing, and good. I got to say this, and this is where, like, this is a really important thing for all of us to understand. If it isn't sacrificial, it's not fasting. We can walk away today and say, oh, you know, I can, let's say it's easy for you. I can give up TV for a day because you might not watch TV. I'm talking fasting is sacrificial. Fasting is sacrificial. What is it that your body, your worldly self clings onto and needs? perhaps above your Savior. That is what we need to refrain from. That is what we need to sacrifice. That's what we need to get rid of for a a season or a period of time. And so for me, who loves his food? Amen. Anyone love their food? Yes, amen. Okay. Seriously. Let's do it a day a week. And so I would give you this challenge. If you fasted one day a week for a month, Uh, and God doesn't move in extraordinary ways and doesn't do anything crazy in your life, you can come up and talk to me and say, liar, please watch, watch what happens. Watch what happens when we fast. I'm so excited that our home is going to start jumping into this because this is a big deal, church. I'm excited to see God moves and he promises that there will be a reward. But it's got to be sacrificial. And this is really foreign to me. And to be honest, it's really difficult for me you guys have heard my struggle with food. I have a hard time. I got to let this go and I got to refrain from what I naturally try to fill my life with. And I got to hunger and thirst for him to find myself full. 
Last thing I'll say about fasting, and this is, we shared this scripture earlier, but look at this. This is in Acts chapter 13. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When we fast, I think we think of fasting in the physical realm. Oh my gosh, I'm giving up food, technology. Maybe you need to get off social media for like ever. <laughs> we, we acknowledge the physical, but I, I really want you all to know that fasting is more about the spiritual than the physical. So they were praying and fasting. It didn't even say that it was fasting food, but obviously we know what it is, but but it was more about the spirit moving than the contents of their fast. It was more about the spirit giving direction, the Holy Spirit speaking and doing extraordinary things, giving out his will and making it plain and commissioning Barnabas and Saul for their calling. The, the fasting, fasting that we do is more about the spiritual than it is the physical. Yes, we do refrain from our needs, but yet it is a spiritual thing. So I just want to encourage you guys, if you're feeling dry right now, anyone have a, a dry season in their faith life? Anyone feeling dry? I would encourage you, try making fasting a habit in your life and watch what happens when you refrain from the worldly needs and the spiritual starts coming alive. And so uh, Jesus was, is, and always will be the source that we need. He is the only thing that we need, church. And I need to remind myself of that. My body needs to know. Nick Miller needs to get out of what the world says I'm good with, but I want to be full and filled, overflowing with him. Not what I think I need. The rope, three things, praying, fasting, and giving. Church, we gotta, we got to practice this thing called fasting. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. But when we do it in our lives, there's going to be powerful things that happen. Amen, church. Jesus gave his life so that you could be full. That's what it comes down to. Jesus gave everything on the cross. He died and he rose again. So that the old empty you, has anyone ever been empty? So that the old empty you could have life and life to the what? To the full. Isn't that an interesting choice of words? Acknowledging that before we were empty and now through the sacrifice of our Savior, we've been made full. Amen, church. Can we bow our heads and can we, uh, can we pray for those who have not yet made this decision to follow Jesus? Maybe you've sat in church a couple times. Maybe it's your first time. I don't know where you're at or, or where you're at along your journey, but maybe you've never met this Jesus. The Son of God who created you and me saw a brokenness and an emptiness in His creation, humanity, and said, I will do anything to give them life and life to the full. I will do anything to give them eternity with me, my Father, and my Holy Spirit. I will do anything to connect them with us. And so if you've been walking your life empty 
and you've never met this Jesus, today I want to give you an opportunity to meet him face to face and to begin the full life that he died and rose again to give you. Jesus took all of our sin, all of our brokenness, all of our emptiness. He went to the cross an undeserved punishment. He died, left the sins in the grave, conquered death and rose again so that you may be set free and you may have life. If that's you and you believe that this Jesus is your Lord and Savior, believers, we are praying for those who are making that decision today. If you're empty and you're ready to be full with him, it's as simple as acknowledging him as your Lord and Savior, that he died and rose again for you. If that's you, I want to challenge you to do something bold. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand, not as a, a way of being saved, but as an outward way of saying, yep, my life is yours. I believe that you died and rose again, that you are my Lord and Savior. One, two, it's the best decision you could ever make. Three, if that's you and you need this Jesus, you've never met him before, go for it. Go for it. I see that hand. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Can we pray for those who have their hands up? You can put your hand down. Jesus, we thank you and we love you. We thank you that you gave everything for me. I was empty, but now I am full. Now that you are my Lord and Savior, I know that you died and rose again to set me free. That all of my brokenness is left in the grave. And I am now a son of the victorious God. I give you everything. I turn away from my old self and I'm ready for the full life.